Hello guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Under the Covers with Eve. It is Sunday, October 18th, and tonight I'm going to talk to you about something that has come up pretty frequently in some of the emails and PMs messages that I get from you guys. Um, just to remind you that um, I often get ideas for these episodes based on things that you write to me about or things that come up in conversation, so please don't be shy, please don't be afraid to write in and tell me what's on your mind, and I really enjoy talking with you and getting ideas. So a lot of the things I've been getting lately from people have been um, very nice messages that all seem to have something in common lately, which is the subject of virginity. Um, I hear from a lot of people who tell me that they are virgins, which is fine, <laughs> of course, but they often do it with a measure of embarrassment like this is some kind of deep, dark secret that they're ashamed of. And this just breaks my heart, really. I wish I could make everyone banish this idea from their heads once and for all. Though there's nothing wrong with being a virgin. I just don't know how to make that plainer. There is nothing wrong with being a virgin, okay? No matter what your gender, or your age, your status, it just doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with it. I know it's going to take a while to internalize that, and I can't just snap my fingers and make you understand that there's nothing wrong with it, but but if I can make any headway with you, there's nothing wrong with it, okay? Now, so I've made a few virginity-themed erotic audios, and I've done an Ask Eve episode about it, but I just wanted to give you some more food for thought on this again, some more things that maybe I haven't addressed before. So first of all, here's just a little bit of brief history for you, in case you didn't know. The word itself, virgin, has always only ever referred to a woman who has never had sexual in intercourse, or one whose hymen is intact. Okay, here's a bit of medical science for you. The hymen is a thin membrane that partially covers the opening of the vagina in most women, and it's, what's, it's what gets torn during a woman's first time, which accounts for the small amount of pain and bleeding that a lot of women can feel their first time. Now, this only started to matter, okay? Virginity in a woman only started to matter when societies began to develop the feudal system of passing down titles and estates and wealth from father to son, especially in countries like England, which have a law called primogeniture, which means that only the eldest son inherits, and he inherits everything. A guy can have 10 kids, only his eldest son inherits the whole estate, all the money, the title, the houses, everything. <laughs> it's up to him if he wants to give any of it to his siblings. He doesn't have to, though. By law, it's all his. So the reason that this mattered was because men, back in the day, wanted to be damn sure that the kid they were leaving all their wealth to was actually their kid. And they had no way of proving who fathered a child back then. So the only thing you could do was Mary a virgin. Because at least you knew she wasn't already pregnant with someone else's kid when you married her. And since everyone hoped and kind of believed that they would conceive a son on their wedding night, it even didn't matter if she cheated on you later and, and had kids with a stable boy, you know, didn't matter. The first son was definitely yours, and that's all you cared about. This was the best idea they could come up with at the time. And it led to a lot of brutal sexual rules and laws against women. But that's where it came from. That's why it became important whether a woman was a virgin and why it didn't matter a bit if a man was. 
virgins became prized beyond anything else. A woman's virtue, as they called it, was absolutely everything. It defined her. In society, in the law, in her place in the family, it was everything. In fact, many languages around the world reflect this still. Like for instance, in French, when you address a married woman, you say madame, which means my lady. You know, throw back to the old sort of aristocracy and royalty, my lady, you know. And while you might think that mademoiselle is just a way of saying little lady, because it kind of looks like it might be, you know, mademoiselle, like little lady, the way in Spanish, um, senorita is like a little senora. This isn't the case. Mademoiselle is literally a way of saying my virgin. The word demoiselle is where we get damsel from. And it means essentially a woman who hasn't had sex. But always, no matter what language you speak, your word for virgin almost always only referred to a woman. Because no one ever concerned themselves with whether a boy had had sex or not. Only if a girl had. So that's just a little nugget for you to chew on. It's almost as if virginity in men is a non-concept. You know, society's never really adopted a word for them because it didn't matter. It wasn't something anybody ever thought about whether a, a man had had sex or not. There was no point in talking about it. You wouldn't talk about whether a man had had sex. What would be the reason for talking about whether a man had had sex or not? So we didn't develop a word for it. Nobody did. It just didn't matter. So, on to the next point, which is something kind of related to this. The idea of labeling yourself as anything. I think that is such a bad idea. Really, I mean, to extend the metaphor, a label is sticky, and the longer you leave it on, the harder it is to remove, right? Don't label yourself as a blank, whatever, you know? People are complex and are way more than any one thing. I don't think anyone should define themselves by a label of any kind, and least of all that. Because this leads to my next point, which is maybe a bit hard to articulate, so bear with me. It doesn't make sense to me to define yourself or describe yourself in terms of something you haven't yet done. We are all products of our life experience, the people we've met, the things we've seen and done, not the things we haven't done yet. It would be like going around saying, I'm not a father, I'm not a husband, I haven't been to Europe, I haven't finished my degree, I haven't started a pension plan. I mean, what would be the point in talking about something you haven't yet experienced, as if it in some way defines you or has any bearing on who you are at this moment? If you haven't had a sexual partner yet, focus on the word yet and on nothing else in that sentence, okay? Because this is more of a lifespan question than anything else. You have a long life ahead of you that will be filled with all kinds of experiences, all of which will shape you and change you in certain ways. But most of them haven't happened yet. You know, even on the last day of your life, you're still doing things you haven't done yet. So please don't look at the flow of your life and say, at this point, at this particular rock in the river, at my 20th year or 30th year or 60th, there are experiences I haven't had yet. Okay, don't do that. Because it doesn't mean you won't. And it doesn't mean you should have had them. It's just what it is. It doesn't define you any more than saying you haven't learned to play an instrument yet, or you haven't been to Las Vegas yet, or anything you can think of. It doesn't 
mean anything about you now. Okay? I know that sometimes what people tend to do is they look at themselves and they say, well, I compare myself to other people my age. And I know that other people my age have had this experience by now. And I haven't. So that means there's something wrong with me. Okay? And first of that, that's a load of crap. You know that. Because everybody's different and everybody has wildly different experiences in life. But I'm going to address just this little, this little nugget for a minute here. Because I want you to realize, and remember, because you probably know this, that whether or not you have sex in high school or college is pretty much just a matter of chance. You are thrown together with everybody else who's your age in your town at that time. And you all put in this big place and told to learn things, right? It is just a, like, you just herded together just because you're all the same age. That's the thing you have in common, right? So whether you happen to meet someone who happens to be in the same kind of state of mind that you are, emotionally matured, ready for sex, at the same, to the same degree that you are, because not everybody matures emotionally at the same rate or sexually at the same rate. If you happen to meet somebody that is at the same kind of level that you are, around the same age, at the same time, and you kind of click, then maybe, <laughs> maybe, you might have sex in your teens. Okay. It is by no means a guarantee. And if you do have it, it is just that. It's just chance. It's kind of an experimental time where you're just kind of driven by your hormones and you're just kind of playing around at being an adult. Most people do not end up with the people they had sex with in high school. And there's a reason for that, right? Because you're not mature yet. You're not, you haven't decided what you want yet. You haven't grown up yet. You're just kind of playing, for lack of a better word. And so to, to look at people who are 16 or 17 or whatever the case is, even younger, I suppose, and say, I should have done what they did, is just absurd. It really is. There is no studly guy walking around who's 16 years old. I don't care who you are. You, you are not a mature man at 16. And whether you have found a girl who will have sex with you or not, that's great. It's good for you. It's good for your development. It doesn't make you some stud muffin, you know, who has got it all, his life all together by the time he's 16. It's just not the case. So I don't want you to compare yourselves to the people who, first of all, may have been lying their asses off, which kids do in high school, about their sexual prowess. <laughs> God knows I knew enough people in high school who lied their asses off about the kind of sex they were having when they weren't having any, in fact. Um, <laughs> do not compare yourself to any of these things that might have gone on, because those guys that were having sex in those days, they didn't even realize either that this was all just chance. They could have very easily been the ones who didn't click with somebody, who didn't have everything fall into alignment and stars in the right place and, you know, find a girl who was, who was exactly like them or find a guy who was exactly like them, whatever. So it's just chance. In college, it starts to be a little more likely that you will find somebody based on your values and who you are and what you want because you're older and because it's not just this herding of teenagers into a big corral. Now it's more like you're choosing your path, you're choosing the things you like. So the classes you take are more likely to be things that you're interested in. Not always, of course, but more likely. If you were a science geek in high school and you liked a girl in your class, she had to be there. She could have hated it. This could have been nothing like what she wanted in her life. 
So if you loved it, you know, you guys are just not compatible. This is not going to work. But at least in, in college, maybe if you're both taking the same math class or something, you know, you, there's a chance that you're more compatible with each other and are going to get along better. And like I said, you're more mature. But even that is still mostly a matter of chance. So the point I'm trying to make is you always have to keep in mind that whatever led to um, you either having a sexual experience or not having a sexual experience in your adolescence or early adulthood is just as often a matter of dumb luck than it is anything to do with you and your attractiveness or your sexiness or your charm or whatever, you know? Don't think that your sexual experience is entirely because of who you are, what you look like. More often than not, it is just, like I said, the stars have to be aligned, which is what you find out later in life when you get older and you get out there and you get working and you realize how difficult it is to meet people. You realize that, again, there are not people just banging up a storm everywhere you go. It just does not happen. <laughs> you know, It takes a long time to find sexual partners. It takes a long time to find compatible people and build towards something like that. Which is why erotic audio, pornography, literature, things like this really help um, while you are trying to find someone. Because it helps you visualize, it helps you figure out what you want. And it's, it's an acknowledgement, I think, that we all need this and we all know how difficult it really is to find someone. So the last thing I want to reiterate, and maybe this goes back a bit to the historical definition of virgin, and I will include male virgins in that category for this. But if you really think about it, being a virgin meant that you were absolutely ignorant of sex. It wasn't uncommon for women back in the 1800s and probably even later to have absolutely no knowledge of what was about to happen on their wedding night. She didn't know, you know, what men looked like naked. She didn't know he was going to put that thing in her. She didn't know that this was how a baby was going to grow inside her. And she certainly had no idea how it was going to get out. <laughs> and men back then didn't even know much more. Um, most had never seen a naked woman. There's a famous story, I think I mentioned before, about the art critic John Ruskin, who was unable to consummate his marriage for five years. Because on his wedding night, something about his new wife's naked body repulsed him completely. And people have guessed that it might have been pubic hair or menstrual blood, or maybe he just didn't like the way she looked naked. But the point was, he had no idea what he was doing. And neither did she. He had never seen a real naked woman, never been close to one, even as a grown man on his wedding night. He had no idea. So the thing was, this is what virgins are, <laughs> okay? If you really want to be precise, a virgin is somebody who is completely ignorant, innocent, whatever, you know? They have no knowledge, no experience, nothing. They know nothing about sex. It doesn't touch them. That's why people call them pure and innocent and things like that, because they really are. And this is simply not the case anymore. I mean, young kids these days know more about sex than their grandparents probably ever did. You know, the great-grandparents, maybe. <laughs> So this is what I believe, okay? Here's, my, here's my, my assessment tool. If you have had an orgasm, <laughs> if you have masturbated, 
if you've enjoyed sexual media, if you've created sexual media, if you've kissed someone, if you've groped someone, if you've played with a pussy or a cock, if you've tasted a pussy or a cock. In other words, if you've done everything or anything except the insertion of a penis into a vagina, it does not make you a virgin. Okay? Not the truest meaning of the term. If that's the only thing you haven't done, or it's just one of these things that you're holding up as like, oh, but I haven't done this, that makes me a virgin, I think that's completely wrong. You're not innocent, inexperienced, ignorant, or pure, if you want to put it that way. You fall somewhere on the spectrum of sexuality that is unique to all of us. You know, some people have one lover their whole lives. Some have hundreds or even thousands. Some people only ever experience vaginal sex. Some people do oral and anal and try bisexuality or kinks or whatever. It's all personal and individual. But what it all has in common is it's all sexuality. You are a sexual person, period. Virgins aren't. In the purest sense of the word, okay? This is the, this is the, the point I'm trying to make. Please don't write in and tell me, <laughs> I'm telling you you're not sexual if you're a virgin. This is my point, okay? If you're sexual, you're not a virgin, okay? Virgins, in the purest sense of the word, are as far removed from sex as they can be. You aren't, not by a long shot. So think of it this way. If you met a married lesbian couple who had never been with a man, either of them, would you consider them virgins? Grown women living in a sexually exclusive marriage, maybe having a family, going through life together as a married couple, are they virgins? Just because they never put a cock in their pussies? I wouldn't call them virgins. I don't think you would either. So the bottom line is, A, there's nothing wrong with you being a virgin. But B, you shouldn't label yourself as any one blank, you know? And you shouldn't define your life by something you haven't experienced yet. And think about the fact that even listening to erotic audio makes you much more sexually aware and experienced than many people in your great-grandfather's era were their entire lives. So you may not have had a cock-in-cunt experience yet, Okay. Yet. But that is only one small part of the hugeness of sexuality and intimacy and human connection. So please don't fixate on that act and let it define you. Okay? It's just you are really hurting yourself. Please don't fixate on it. It doesn't define you. It's not all there is. And even when it happens, even when you do have this experience, some people are quite let down after their first, you know, sexual intercourse. <laughs> because they thought it was going to be everything. You know, they thought it was like, wow, you know, now I have, now I'm in the club. Now I've, I've, you know, traded in my V card or whatever, you know. And for a lot of people, it's, it's only what you make it. It's only as good as you make it. It's only as good as everything else that's happening at the time. It's only as wonderful as the experiences in general for you with the right person, the right mood, the right atmosphere, the right feelings, all that kind of thing. You will soon learn, once you start becoming more sexual with a partner, you will learn that it is just one small part of the whole thing. So to fixate on it ahead of time 
and to ignore everything else about you that makes you a vibrant sexual person, you're really denying yourself something. Okay, and I don't want you to do that anymore. So don't be afraid to write to me and tell me you're a virgin. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Okay, but I don't want you to think of yourself that way anymore. Instead, I want you to focus on finding the person that you want to experience more of your sexuality with. Think of it that way, okay? Thanks again for joining me. I'm going to go to bed now. Sweet dreams. Good night. <laughs>